0: The founder of the Guardian Angels. The group dedicated to fight crime. On the streets of New York and on the air right now. Curtis Lewa on 77 WABC. Let's go, Brandon. I keep draw my comic cat. This song would be so well loved by so many in our audience as I debuted it yesterday, at least the first time here on the lunchtime edition uh, of W.A.B.C. featuring yours truly, Curtis Lee. Well, let's go, Brandon. This is the club edition. I was out in Emerson in uh, Bergen County last night supporting the congressional candidacy of Frank Pallotta, 5th Congressional District. I'll talk about that later. But a lot of the folks there, they listen to WABC Morning, Noon, and Night. They said, yeah, that's the jam. Let's go, Brandon. Except Brandon is lost. He's lost out there. Love it. We're right in the heart of the political season. Early voting soon to take place in uh, New York State. The uh, paper ballots have already gone out in New Jersey, 900,000. And so this is make or break midterm elections, but every section of the country is unique. There are places where nobody wants to be seen with Joe Biden. Under any circumstance, if they're running for re-election or if they're running for the first time as a Democrat for the House or Senate, you saw how successful Herschel Walker was in tying Senator Warnock to Joe Biden. It's as if he was debating Joe Biden over the weekend down in Georgia. And so yesterday I started off the um, the program by saying I couldn't understand. After Lee Zeldin and his running mate, Lieutenant Governor uh, Esposito, were doing so well in the polls that, in fact... When you measured out all the recent polls, they were saying the race is neck and neck. Hochul with a slight leech. He's losing support of the independents. He's gaining support. And anybody who has followed this generally knows, unless there's a major faux pas by the campaign in the last three weeks, you're surging. And the leader is falling. She's falling down. She can't get up politically. And she doesn't have a life alert, Right. She presses it. It doesn't matter because Hochul and Esposito were hitting on the issues in New York State from Buffalo to Brooklyn that were of impact to everybody. Democrats who are moderates, independents, unaffiliated, who will determine who the next governor is. And obviously, the Republicans and the conservatives that they're banking on that will turn out in massive numbers. But even if they all turned out, uh, Republicans and conservatives, uh, Lee Zeldin. Esposito could not beat the team of Hokum and Delgado. So inflation, right? Number one, you, you see it at the gas pumps. You see it when you buy your groceries. You see it with your 401k. That is so obvious. It hits everybody, everybody. And number two, the crime. And Lee Zeldin has been doing a great job in attacking Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb on doing nothing and really. Uh, Sort of being a shadow supporter of AOC, all out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, leader of the Democratic Socialists of America, the Justice Warriors, who want to destroy the police, defund the police, who want to destroy the prisons, defund the prisons. That is obvious to everybody. She wouldn't even call in a special session uh, over the Nobel situation in New York that is so different than 49 other states where they will not allow a judge in black regal robes to determine the dangerous factor of the person accused, whether they're a danger to themselves or others in society. The only state, even California, as crazy as they are, and other states, Illinois, allow the judges to make that decision. She could have called a special session. She didn't. She certainly did it. for gun control, when the United States Supreme Court wiped out the prohibitions that have been imposed, not only here but in other places, but mostly in New York, so that it would almost make it impossible for you to carry a, uh, a handgun uh, under any circumstance. Uh, and the uh, United States Supreme Court did the right thing, and then obviously the Democrats were spending all their time in that special session trying to patch it up so that you couldn't even carry uh, a uh, handgun in your own driveway, never mind Times Square and other places. So let's put that aside. You had Congressman Zeldin soaring, Hokel falling, and then all of a sudden you had the former president of the United States, by the way, unexpectedly on Sunday, publicly endorsing the candidacy of Congressman Zeldin. I mean, he was talking about how Congressman Zeldin was the man. I've always known him. He's great. It's a complete and total endorsement. And it led the news on Sunday. Now, I knew instinctively, although I'm not right in the heartbeat of the Zeldin campaign, I am supporting Zeldin, Esposito, and the slate. I knew this had to come out of nowhere. I cannot believe that Team Zeldin was seeking this with three weeks to go. Uh, And in fact, they had been communicating with Donald Trump in Mar-a-Lago. And as it turns out, when Zeldin was asked about that yesterday, he and his many supporters were downplaying the endorsement and saying, hey, look, people knew this anyway from a long time ago. And then he just tried to immediately pivot and shift. We're going to be talking about the Eric Adams pivot and shift later. (laughs) But what a pivot and shift he did. So I got bombarded with emails yesterday when I said that. Trump, shut your mouth until after November 8th. Shut your mouth until after November 8th. Every time you talk, you can only hurt Republican candidates in our area, in New York and New Jersey. It may be effective in other areas of the country, but it hurts some here, especially in New York, where against Biden, you only won about 36, 38 percent of the vote. And a lot of the unaffiliated and independents, they don't like. They don't like you, Donald Trump. Sorry, they don't like you here. They may like you in other states. So Zeldin all of a sudden hit a brick wall, did a pivoting and shift, and started talking about crime. But uh, when I was in Bergen County yesterday, I said, well, well we know that Donald Trump is not going to stay quiet until uh, after November 8th. If he wants to talk about anything, Lou, I think he should talk about Hunter and, naturally, President Joe Biden. Now think of it. Where's Hunter? Okay, get, get it. So where is Hunter I want to see Hunter ask these questions. Hunter, you know nothing about energy. You know nothing about China. You know nothing about anything, frankly. Hunter, you're a loser. Why did you get $1.5 billion, Hunter? <laughs> and your father was never considered smart. He was never considered a good senator. He was only a good vice president because he understood how to kiss Barack Obama's ass now with that I understand there's only one problem with that Lou you know my youngest son his name is Hunter from time to time he tells me the kids uh, in his junior high school classroom first year junior high school are saying hey I I just heard uh, Donald Trump uh, calling you out, Hunter. He says you owe him a billion dollars. <laughs> the poor kid, he's having nightmares. Hey, I don't care. If Trump wants to talk about that, he wants to go after Hunter Biden. He wants to go after Joe Biden. That's fine. But really, come on. He did. He 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 harmed Lee Zeldin. He really harmed him against Kathy Crimewave Hokel, who had fallen down. She couldn't get up. She had life alert, and it's almost as if. He did her a favor. Now, I know he didn't, but he can't control himself. If it, He wants it all about him. He saw the polls were closing, and he figured, wow, uh, if Zeldin wins, I could declare that it was my support that got Zeldin over the top. That couldn't be any more hopelessly wrong. And I said the very same thing to the GOP that was assembled in Bergen County. They came there from Passaic. They came there from other parts of New Jersey, and I was really gearing down for the key issues. And I remember as we were driving over the George Washington Bridge, and we came through uh, Northvale and Norwood and Harrington Park, and then landed in Emerson at the uh, Golf Club, a nice place, a nice gathering of GOP from uh, all over northern New Jersey. And as I was speaking on behalf of Frank Pallotta, we were talking about the issues, and I said specifically... Obviously, in Jersey, and the impact is in other states in our tri-state area here. First and foremost, inflation. Everybody feels that. I mean, there's not a day that doesn't go by that anybody out there, even people without a heartbeat, people who can barely inhale and exhale, don't feel the hit of this ever-growing inflation. I mean, that's universal. Number two, it's not crime in New Jersey. No, it's not. Crime, New York State, yes. Yes. Crime could be about number three in New Jersey, number two of the schools. How all of a sudden, half in the bag, Murphy, who, by the way, should really be the ambassador to Italy for Joe Biden because he spends half his time at his palazzi his $38 million palazzi in Italy, and not doing the business of the people of New Jersey and Trenton. But he has single-handedly decided to take a wrecking ball to the public school system through sex education. Lou, is so simple. When we went, I remember Builder C. Junior High School, my last year there, uh, they had sex education for the first time. They pull out the Chiquita banana, the condom, and we spent days and days trying to put the condom on the banana, and everybody was laughing. In fact, we used to fill up the condoms with water, you know, from the uh, water cooler. They they don't have it anymore because it's contaminated. We fill it with a water cooler. And we would throw the condoms down into the schoolyard when the other classes were having rec uh, or were having PT. They were great. If, I mean, if you ever have an additional need for condoms, fill them with water and throw them at people. It's better than balloons. But anyway, that, that was, that was pretty much the extent of sex education. The new curriculum throughout New Jersey from Camden to Hudson County is that they want to start infiltrating the mindset of your children without ever telling you or without ever asking permission. Start talking about 72 different gender identifications, 72 different ways that somebody can identify their sexuality in which they could pivot and shift at a moment's notice, and you have to accede to their will, even though they're your kids. They can tell your mom and dad I'm asexual. You say, what the hell is that? The next day they come home, I'm polysexual, it means I want to have sex with everything in the world, including trees, and you cannot chastise them and counsel them. In fact, mind your own business. And then they went to nurses in the school. Remember Nurse Ratchet in the school at PS114? I remember I was getting a beat down in the schoolyard, they dragged me into the nurse. She did triage on me. I thought she was going to take out the saw there and actually cut right into my bone. Now they can't even give you a St. Joseph baby aspirin at school, the the nurses, unless they get the permission of the uh, parents. But now they're saying in New Jersey, they don't have to seek your permission. All they got to do is basically deal with the child and keep you out of the process if all of a sudden they think your kid is in the midst of wanting to change their gender with home-on blockers, and then eventually maybe surgery itself. That is a double discratia. That is a double shanda. That is the way the Republicans can ride that red tsunami in the midterm elections from Camden County to Hudson County, because most parents totally understand. Uh, keep your keep, keep your hands off my kid. You're not going to let. I'm paying all these huge property taxes to support our public school system. And you're telling me you're going to ice me out. And then the other thing I told him about, Lou, and this is uh, an epidemic throughout the tri-state area. You have the Amazon trucks go out into the neighborhoods. They could be going into Upper Saddle River. They can be going into Franklin Lakes. They can be going into places at very high end. I call them Amazon prime areas. And then all of a sudden, the hustlers are following in cars. It could be an Amazon truck, Federal Express truck, uh, UPS truck, even United States Postal Service truck. They're leaving packages on your porches. Yeah, You can actually see them, Lou, you know, through the ringer. You can see someone on your porch. They're waving to you. They're not even wearing masks. The guy comes up. He's paid for an Amazon vest or a UPS vest, or a Federal Express vest, because they sell them there in the black market. And he comes up with a package on your porch, and then he leaves with three packages, two of yours and the one of his. And meantime, they're scoping out your property. They're saying in Franklin Lakes, Upper Saddle River, whoa, nobody around. We could do a home invasion here, and man, we could retire for the rest of our lives. The Porch Pirates are the biggest nemesis to everyone out there, and the cops are doing absolutely Jack Daily squat, and Amazon just sends you a product the next day. New York's talk station with the king of New York, about? Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC.
1: I'd like to be able to... Anyway. I'm... My mind's going blank now. What, what, I can't remember I'm gonna lose track My mind's going blank now What are you talking about? What going on here? Where the door? My mind's going blank now I can't remember I don't know what the hell is talking about What am I doing here? My mind's going blank now Where am I? I keep forgetting I'm present. Where am I? No idea I don't think is the idea Political coverage. I want to thank and recognize Dr. John, John, King of King Song,
0: King of Song. I can't
1: get this to work you know. My mind going blank now.
0: Yes, number two on the political hit parade. Yes, Lou, so nice they asked that we play it twice here. My mind is going blank featuring the lost. President of the United States, Joe Biden. Oh, my God, is he lost. So we're like three weeks away from November 8th. There's early voting coming up, Uh, depending on where you are, Jersey. They're blitzing you with paper ballots, 900,000, not so much in New York State. But there are a lot of similarities, a lot of similarities going into the home stretch. And if you notice, nobody wants to tag team up with Joe Biden. Almost nobody out there. Again, I can't say it enough. Herschel Walker scored a TKO against uh, Senator Warnock in Georgia simply because he tied Biden to him every step of the way and exceeded all expectations. Exceeded all expectations because his debate was against Joe Biden. So I'm going to continue to tell Republicans throughout New York and New Jersey, please, if you can do anything, if you have any contacts with Donald Trump, in Bedminster in Jersey and Mar-a-Lago just ask them to please take the code of all merit as difficult as it is. Don't say anything until after November 8th in our area. It can only hurt other areas. It may well help. It ain't going to help here. Now, who is the Biden of Brooklyn? Well, of course it's Eric Adams. He has not forsaken Joe Biden. Let's face it. He's loyal to Joe Biden. Uh, Illegal aliens are pouring in, invading our city every day. He has never once chastised the president of the United States for his open border policy, and the fact that the vice president <laughs> giggles, Harris, has uh, been missing in action when it comes to her role. She was appointed the czarina of making sure that the borders were safe and secure, and we know Mallorca's head of uh, homeland security is a disgratziada shanda, but. Maybe, just maybe, Lou, the President of the United States can learn from the Biden of Brooklyn, uh, Eric Adams, because every time he's jammed up, he does a pivot and shift. In fact, just yesterday, he said pivot and shift six times and then said shift and pivot one time all within a minute. I want you to listen to
1: it. We're going to pivot and shift based on the need. If these buses stop... We can pivot and shift another way. When I was at the Herc uh, last night, I was amazed to find out how many people were there that we were able to take them and connect them with where they wanted to go. So we were over 20,000 that have come through our system, but a substantial number were able to go where they wanted to go. And so it's difficult to say how long something is going to be in place because we're going to pivot and shift based on the demand. This is what we've always done. You know, we're going to pivot and shift based on what we are hit with. We were hit with this unprecedented influx. And what do we do? We pivot and shift it to make sure that we addressed it. I don't know what you're seeing. If you're seeing what's happening across the country, it's not happening here. And so based on the needs, we're going to shift and we're going to pivot and we're going to address this issue and we're going to cycle out of this issue like we like we cycled out of covid monkeypox polio and everything else this administration would pivot and shift
0: wow seven times in 1 minute six pivot and shifts and one time he added a new one a new nuance shift and pivot so naturally our imaging team of Chris Libertini Immediately seized upon this with the uh, head of the deep state here at WABC. He does the deep dive, Chris Bavona. And they came up with this promo. I mean, one thing I got to say about Eric Adams, he gives us a wealth of opportunities to turn his words around and create these... Wonderful Curtis Lee promos
1: <laughs> What up Mr 212 Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen we can pivot and shift another way <laughs> We're going to pivot and shift based on the need If these buses stop We're going to shift and we're going to pivot We're going to shift and we're going to pivot We were hit with this and what did, what do we do We're going to pivot and shift This administration will pivot and shift <laughs>
0: Excellent. Excellent. And he did another pivot and shift yesterday. Uh, Probably uh, more impactful on the quality of life in New York City, even beyond the out-of-control violent crime uh, problem. And what I'll call stranger danger. I I want to create a new term here, Lou. Stranger danger. People that you don't know who are violent, who are strangers to you, who are emotionally disturbed, who are homeless, indiscriminately just come up and do whacked-out crazy things to you. We'll call it uh, stranger, stranger violent. Even more obvious to everybody is the fact that we are a dirty city now. In fact, in the world ratings uh, that were taken uh, just three months ago, we were number two only to Rome. Number two, only any of you have been in Rome. You see the garbage everywhere. Uh, I would have thrown Naples in there, too. Oh, my God. It's everywhere. But New York City, you can't go anywhere. 53rd and Lex in the subway station, the idiots at the MTA money-taking agency took out all the trash cans. All the trash cans. So where is the trash? It's on the platforms, and then it goes right into the tracks and you see the rats, they're they're dancing the horror, they're dancing the tarantella, they're doing the crypt dance. In fact, there's been a 70% increase in rats throughout the city. And Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan yesterday, said, if there's one thing I hate in New York City, it's rats. Well, the number one reason there are so many rats is they're leaving garbage out, and the garbage flows all over the place. And the sanitation department, which has been refocused, to do composting, composting, that's their number one priority because of their new commissioner, a woman named Tish, who comes from uh, a very wealthy family, a gentrified family, where they would typically say to Jeeves, uh, the uh, limo driver, could you pass the gray poop home? Never picked up any litter in her life. She would have Jeeves do it. And then all of a sudden, Eric Adams makes her the head of sanitation, and she'd say, "Oh oh, my, my passion is composting. Get the hell out of there. Pick up the garbage. The sanitation guys and gals will tell you. She is a horrible commissioner. So all of a sudden, Eric Adams decides to do a pivot and shift and says the way we're going to eliminate the rat problem, not the two-legged rats who eat the Parmesan cheese and speak to the FBI. No, no, no. We're talking the four-legged rats. It's the move-up garbage collection. Instead of at 4 o'clock in the afternoon to 8 o'clock, that's when you got to put out the garbage, he's saying, if you happen to be a building superintendent. Anybody who knows anything about rats is, you idiot, they're nocturnal. The rats are nocturnal. They come out, especially between the hours of 10 and 4, 10 at nine, 4 in the morning. It doesn't mean they're not out during the day. But they're going to be eating morning, noon, and night. This doesn't do anything. You want a deterrent to the rats The age-old deterrent to the rats are the cats. You put the feral cats out, you have people manage the colonies, and wherever there are feral cat colonies, you don't have the rats. And in fact, Eric Adams, when he was Brooklyn Borough President, he had a press conference in which he drowned rats right in front of the press corps. They were appalled. That's not going to end the rat problem. Then all of a sudden, uh, he was putting dry ice in holes, rat holes outside of public housing projects. That didn't work. Pesticides don't work because they develop an immunity. They become super rats. So now, again, another pivot and shift. And it all has to do with an inept, incompetent sanitation commissioner. We are now the second dirtiest city in the world, and it's only getting worse and worse and worse. But let's talk about the number one crime right now, which is subway crime. The mayor, when constantly asked about subway crime, says now it is a perception.
1: Our battle is, in the subway system, is fighting the perception of fear.
0: Okay, so it's 4.45 last night, Lou. Not 44, 4.45 in the morning. 4.45 last night, right in the middle of rush hour. 74th and Roosevelt, down on the platform for the E, F, and R train. One guy bumps another guy. Two Hispanic guys in their 50s. The guy who gets bumped takes umbrage to it. They start yelling and screaming in Spanish. Nobody intervenes. No cops, by the way. This is a busy transit point. You got 74th and Roosevelt, right? It connects the 7 train above ground to the EFR below ground. A heavy traffic station. No transit cops around whatsoever. So they get into a beef. They're swinging and winging. The guy hits the other guy into the tracks right as the F train is coming, and it squishes him. That's it. It's over for him, dead on arrival. The guy is wrestled down by Good Samaritan, somehow gets away, jumps on a train, is caught a few stops away by police who are responding to the 911 calls. The ninth murder in the transit system. And what does Eric Adams say about the perception of transit?
1: crime? Can I hear that again, Lou? Our battle is, in the subway system, is fighting the perception of fear. And then yesterday in a press conference,
0: he pinned it all on guns, like all nine of these murders were guns. He's out of his mind. Look at the analytics. Some of these were just simply uh, crazy people or others pushing people into the front of oncoming trains. The others were by knife. It was maybe two by gun. But remember, Lou, what does the mayor say?
1: Our battle is in the subway system is fighting the perception of fear.
0: The perception of fear. <laughs> and, Lou, I was listening, as I always listen in the mornings, as all of you do, to the number one morning talk show in the tri-state area. Sid Rosenberg, with the passing of his partner, will be uh, commemorating him next uh, Wednesday at St. Patrick's Cathedral. I'll be there. I hope all of you will be there. Details will be forthcoming. But um, Sid Rosenberg, uh, if you remember... Once uh, Eric Adams uh, decided he needed to make peace with Sid Rosenberg and those of us here at WABC, he wanted to show a good gesture. You know, so at the start of the Christopher Columbus Day Parade on Fifth Avenue, he took a picture with Sid. Both were smiling, and Eric Adams had his thumbs up, which to me meant, hey, I got another cracker back. (laughs) So then he came out that night to Island Park uh, for the wake. It was only a one-night wake for Bernard McGurk. Place was packed. A lot of relatives, friends, people who've worked in radio over the years. A lot of former Hayesmen, people who went to Cardinal him. And Eric Adams comes in with his entourage, and he uh, gives his condolences to uh, Bernard McGurk's 96-year-old father. And in front of everybody, his 96-year-old father said, What are you doing here, trying to get votes? Everybody laughs. And the very next day, so typical of Sid, right? He says, my pal, Eric Adams, as they have a short discussion on the radio. And, man, I've been beating him up ever since, and I know a lot of you have. So this morning I'm listening, and I noticed there's a slight variation, but he's still more on the side of Eric Adams than the rest of us. Listen. Yes, I believe in his heart of hearts. He kind of likes me and would love to be friendly. See, as long as you like Sid, he's like a peacock. Stroke the peacock. And you get the attention. Eric Adams knows that. He knows how to play Uh, Sid Rosemary. Can I hear that again, please, Lou? I need to hear that one more time. Yes, I believe in his heart of hearts. He kind of likes me and would love to be friendly. Hey, sucker, he's using you. He listens to Charlemagne the God, the breakfast club. That's the way. He doesn't listen to you, Sid. Don't believe. I mean, come on. And then, Lou, once again, for the second time in a number of days, had a pimp slap, Sid, back into reality. Listen to this from this morning's morning program. This uh, The governor spoke yesterday, too. I mean, uh, I do like Adams more than Hochul. I'll give you that. How about you, Louis? Would you go that far? Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, I, I used to like Mussolini better than Hitler. So <laughs> yeah, I see where yeah, you're that's coming funny, that's, that's funny. I They're very, that's very good. Okay, that's, let's pick one. Yeah. So all right on, Lou. Yeah, you're keeping him from going overboard to the to the dark side. No, 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 don't let him go to the Adams uh, side. Uh, you, you know, he's obviously, he's on Zeldin, Team Zeldin, as he should be. But he's vacillating with Eric Adams. So we got to beat him up every chance we have. In fact, Thursday morning, I'll be doing it again, 7.05. Oh, yeah. No, no, Sid, you're not going to escape. Meantime, my wife and all the animal rights activists and those who wanted this man, the horse carriage industry, a sitting shiver over at the horse stables where it was announced late yesterday that Ryder, you remember the horse who collapsed on the way to the stables on that hot, sweltering, humid day. And the horse carriage owner of Ryder was beating, beating him with a, well, with a whip. Turned out the horse was actually 23, not 13, had a whole history of physical problems that were never revealed to the vet. So, uh, a uh, horse sanctuary brought him upstate. Tried to get him back, but unfortunately, he had so many problems from being tortured uh, in the horse carriage industry that he passed away. He had to be euthanized. So they're all sitting shiva as we speak. And then, guess what? I decided, Lou. Coming up, you don't want to turn the dial. You got to keep. Well, first of all, you got to keep it here from Greg Kelly, who follows me. But I have decided. I must do something today to break the curse of Eric Adams. I have to do it. And I made a pact of solidarity with Michael Baricic, Rudy Giuliani, because as you know, it's do or die today at Yankee Stadium at 4 o'clock. It's do or die against the Cleveland Indians. They'll always be the Cleveland Indians to me, Chief Wahoo. No, no, the Guardians. You're going to call them the Cleveland Guardians. You might as well call them the Cleveland Guardian Angels. He knows New York. He is New York. Cred that the others don't have. Curtis Lewa. Talk Radio 77 WABC. That's right, Lou, and all of you. I have decided... That I and Michael Mbalicic, Rudy Giuliani, tried and true Yankee fans, cut our veins and arteries, we bleed Yankee penis stripes, must break the malukia, the curse that Eric Adams, a swagger man with no plan, put on our beloved Yankees when he predicted that they would uh, sweep into the World Series as he had originally with the Mets. And you saw they crashed and burned against uh, Manny Machado, who I hate, a little, I despise, and the San Diego Padres, who uh, are going to have to wrestle with the Phillies to get into the um, uh, National League uh, Championship slot in the World Series. Uh, Forget that music momentarily here. Uh, I had to make a decision. I said, how are we going to break this curse? I said to Michael Maricic, Rudy Giuliani, I said, first off, Rudy, you got to put on your throwback jersey, number eight, Yogi Berra. That's right. He loved Yogi Berra growing up. In fact, he was a catcher because of Yogi Berra growing up out in Garden City. And uh, I said, uh, Rudy, why, why, did, why did you love Yogi Berra? I mean, most of us, we love Mickey Mantle. He said, well, because he wouldn't sign autographs, Mickey Mantle. And I, I, I developed a great relationship with Yogi Berra. And uh, that made a lot of sense to me because I was a Mickey Mantle fan, number seven, but I think everybody realized he was a total degenerate. He was a lush. He was nasty. He was mean. But he was a great ball player. And I said to myself, hmm, who's the nice Yankee that I ended up befriending? When a while back, uh, Lou, I was doing the post-post game show for the Yankees when we carried the Yankees back in the late 90s. You know, you had John Sterling. You didn't know how to shut his mouth with the post-game show, and he would go on and on and he'd yell in his ear because I had to do the post-post show. Shut up already, especially when we lost. Nobody wants to hear a post-game show unless you're a masochist when the team lost, and Sterling would go on and on and on, and eventually I'd come on. And because of that, I got to know Phil Rizzuto. Yes, the Scooter Phil Rizzuto. And, you know, Phil was originally from Richmond Hill, Queens, went to Richmond Hill High School. Yogi Berra was from uh, Dago Hill in St. Louis, uh, where he grew up with uh, Joe Garagiola, also the other catcher, turned out into a great broadcaster. Uh, and then he got into the major leagues. And Yogi Berra, he ended up moving to, I think it was West Caldwell, had his uh, museum there Montclair State. It's still there. And um, for Phil Rizzuto, he ended up moving the hillside. I think uh, he passed away in uh, orange. But the point was, I got to know Phil Rizzuto real good. We hit it off. You know, Brooklyn, Queens boy. Told me a great story, uh, how he met his wife, Cora. Great. You know, in those days, the uh, rookies had a bunk with the veterans, and he was lucky enough to bunk with Joe DiMaggio. So Joe DiMaggio tells uh, him, Lou, he goes, look, um, I'm scheduled to speak at the communion breakfast in Bay Ridge. And back then, communion breakfasts were huge. You know, more people would show up for the communion breakfast than for church that Sunday, especially knowing Joe DiMaggio was coming. Say, kid, uh, you're going to have to go for me. He goes, but Joe, they're going to want you. No, no, you're going to have to go. And Joe DiMaggio goes, and they boo him. They boo him at the communion breakfast because they expected Joe DiMaggio. So the guy who was the director of the communion breakfast says, I'll tell you what, I know if you had a rough day, Phil, why don't you come home? My wife will make uh, the meatballs, the gravy, and the macaroni. Not the sauce and the pasta. That's for the upper class. The gravy, the macaroni, and the meatballs. And he went to the house and he met the guy's daughter, Cora, who he ended up marrying. And he told me, he said it was my worst day, and it ended up being my best day. Because remember how he would take off from Yankee Stadium when he was broadcasting? Seventh inning, he'd be on the George Washington Bridge on his way down the turnpike to Hillside telling, Cora, I'm coming home. Great story, though. You know, both him and Yogi Berra lived in Jersey. They had a bowling alley in Clifton. Yeah, Berra Rizzuto bowling alley. And Barrett told me years later, he goes, yeah, the kids would come, they want ice cream. I'd have to always buy the ice cream for the kids because uh, Phil Rizzuto had alligator arms. So I asked Phil, I said, is that true you had alligator arms? He said, yeah, Curtis, they didn't pay us that much. And we had to have a side hustle. We didn't use that term. Uh, and I had to pay a mortgage. So I figured Yogi, he's the nicer of the two. He paid for the ice cream. Anyway, the point of the story is I have decided to go to the do-or-die game today to break the Malukia, the curse of Eric Adams, who said that the Yankees would sweep right into the World Series. Remember, he said the same thing about the Mets. And look at what the MTA, money-taking agency, has done. Well, you know I don't like the Mets fans or the Mets, but they, they have the wrapping on the number 7 train that says the Mets on to the World Series. So every Mets fan has to look at that. That's like putting salt in the wounds. I'm going to Yankee Stadium today, and I'm breaking The malukia that Eric Adams put on the Yankees. I don't know if it's strong enough in combination with my combate cheats, Rudy Giuliani, who's on today at three. You know, in the spirit of Yogi Berra, he's wearing his throwback number eight Yankee pinstripe garb. Maybe the combination of Yogi Berra and me representing Phil Rizzuto will bring the playoff championship. And then it's on. We got to deal with Houston and then the World Series.